Between Jesus' many miracles and gospels such as this, we can often picture Jesus as a very powerful person. Whether it's commanding the storms to halt or his clear and sometimes harsh rhetoric directed at the Pharisees, Jesus seemingly displays a great deal of strength throughout his time on earth. And as human beings, that is what we are naturally drawn to. We are drawn to charisma, we are fascinated by the powerful, and we are enticed by the bombastic. And it's in days like this, in gospels like this, that Jesus seemingly checks a lot of those boxes. A lot of those boxes. In a gospel like this, Jesus sort of sticks it to the man, you could say. And we we sort of like it internally. We wish that he would do it maybe a little bit more. But alongside this, we are presented with maybe a contrasting reality by St. Paul in our second reading. One that emphasizes, you could say, Jesus' weakness and Jesus being misunderstood. St. Paul writes, Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. What St. Paul was basically saying was the Jews of his time were demanding great signs and miracles in order to believe in Jesus or to believe in something. And the Gentiles, the Greeks, were looking for very deep and profound works of wisdom and philosophy in order to go along with something. But what Jesus showed and what Jesus presents to the world was actually something completely different. And it's encapsulated in his crucifixion. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We proclaim Christ crucified. It is a great sign, to be sure. And within the crucifixion is a great deal of wisdom as well, no doubt. But it's presented not in the manner that everyone expected, you could say. There is always a conflict, and will always be a conflict, with what the world looks for in Jesus versus what Jesus actually proclaims and presents. Again, for us, we we live by the mantra of might makes right. And we're often governed by assertion and we feel that we have to speak louder in order to be effective. And yet, Jesus saves us through weakness. He saves us by being misunderstood. While by human nature we might wish to assert ourselves, Christ does not save us through assertion. Nor does he save us through sheer power or brute strength. Even the gospel we hear today, we might think of it again as Jesus' insistence to show his anger, his strength, and his tenacity. But really, this story only made Jesus more misunderstood and more reviled. It certainly makes the Pharisees want to kill Jesus even more. And even them mocking his prophecy of destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days, they certainly do not understand it. They think it's in reference to the temple, but of course it's in reference to Jesus' body. Even when Jesus is trying to make a firm point, he is ridiculed and he is mocked. Christ crucified is a reminder then and and now That God works best often through our weakness as opposed to our strength. There's a reason why in reference to the future passion, the prophet Isaiah would describe our Savior in these terms. 
Harshly treated, he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep before the shears, he was silent, not opening his mouth. That's a, rather a description of weakness, helplessness, and frailty, as opposed to someone displaying feats of strength. You and I, brothers and sisters, then are called to embrace our weakness as our way of sharing in Christ's passion, suffering, and death, as our way of sharing in his weakness, in his being misunderstood. You know, oftentimes people will say to me in the confessional, Father, I feel so weak against my sins, against the temptations that I feel, I feel so often. I feel so weak. And often this weakness can sometimes prevent people from going to the confessional to be seen as weak by God or to present themselves as weak. My response to that then as it is now is Christ was weak too. He wasn't weak in the combat against sin, but he was seen as weak in the eyes of the world and felt that weakness too. And it was ironic that God brought about his greatest work through powerlessness and folly. On the cross. As St. Paul writes, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. We cannot be afraid to be seen as weak or as foolish by those around us, even if we might prefer to be seen as strong and self sufficient and powerful. Let's be honest, the future prospects of the church don't look so rosy in the eyes of the world. We'll probably have to endure humiliation at the hands of society and scorn by others. And there are many who might want to shy away from the truth or give in to the ways of the world in order to avoid that humiliation or to avoid being seen as weak. But that did not phase Christ and it should not deter us, brothers and sisters. To be a Christian is to be acquainted with weakness and ridicule. Look to the example of the great martyrs. So many of them, the St. Lawrence, St. Cecilia, St. Agatha, you, you can name off a whole list, or St. Thomas More, my favorite saint. Oftentimes, they were mocked and laughed at for sacrificing so much for seemingly so little in return by their persecutors. And yet, the glory that those martyrs now possess dwarfs any worldly acclaim or grandeur by an infinite degree. The strength to which we are called, brothers and sisters, is not the strength of our rhetoric, our charisma, or our bombast, but the invisible conviction of our faith. It's a strength that the world will never see, but it is truly the strength that changes hearts. Today, let us be, behold Jesus in his weakness, even in a gospel such as this. And see our frailty as an, as an opportunity to share in the frailty of Christ. And may we, like Jesus, be willing to be seen as weak in the eyes of the world. For it is when we are weak that God can best make us strong.